0: When you start to understand how food affects your body and get educated on that, that can give you a little bit of freedom.
1: Hey everybody, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment, from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs to talk about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am chatting with Vanessa Rossetto. She is the co-founder of Kalina Health. She's also a registered dietitian and we are talking all about this concept of why dieting doesn't work in the long haul. Now this is something that I've talked about sporadically on the show and I do feel as though I need to provide a little bit of context. You may have heard me talk about using WW to lose weight in college. I didn't so much necessarily follow the program as much as I used the option to weigh in at a facility, a center as they call them, uh, to stay accountable and head toward my goals. I don't believe in restriction whatsoever. I believe that you can have all things in moderation and that is really what me and Vanessa are talking about in today's episode. She shares how she got into this line of work and we have a really meaningful discussion about eating things that make you feel fulfilled and satisfied i used the word long-term weight loss keeping the weight off strategically when i said that diets don't work because as Vanessa says in today's episode yes they can work in the short term but the question really comes up are you going to live in a restricted type of lifestyle for the rest of your days and do you even want to for me my answer is no i know that yes this topic can be controversial and i also really appreciate that vanessa is standing where i stand on this idea that if you want to lose weight it is okay so much is happening these days with the body neutrality body positivity movement and while i support everyone on their journey learning what healthy feels like and maybe even looks like for them it is okay if you are in your body sitting as you are and feel as though hey I'm just not happy. I don't feel right. I want to do something, and that something might involve losing a few pounds. To each their own. Every body is different, and as Vanessa stresses in today's episode, it is important for you to talk to someone one-on-one about what you're going through so that you can make informed, good decisions for you moving forward. I do have to note, I marked this episode explicit. Vanessa's hilarious. She really does have a no BS approach to her advice style, something that I could really appreciate. And honestly, with these topics, it was for me really, really refreshing. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. Also wanna call out if you wanna be spotlighted in the weekly Hurdle, I would love that a link to submit yourself or even a friend with the nomination form in the show notes. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Vanessa Rossetto. She's the co-founder of Kalina Health and a registered dietitian. I'm so excited to have you here today. I know that we have a lot to get into. I want to to focus with you in our conversation about why the concept of a diet may not be the ideal way to approach eating, even if you are hoping to lose a little bit of weight. So before we get into chatting all things diet and anti-diet or maybe not dieting, why don't you give us a little information about you, yourself, how you got to where you are now, shed some light on your background for us.
0: Yeah, um, I always tell everybody that I'm my parents' biggest disappointment because I'm not a doctor, and, and so like they're not doctors either. They're, my mom's an, was a nurse and my dad is is an engineer, but they're immigrants, and so like the North Star is for your child to be um, a doctor. And then when I decided to go back to school to be a dietitian, they were just like, oh God, and then but it was fine because I was going to work in the hospital. And so they were okay with that. And then I decided that I was going to take all these twists and turns. Um, I ended up back at NYU teaching the dietetic internship. And I started Colina Health with another um, colleague, Tamar Samuels. And we just thought like, Hey, we have insurance contracts. So we're just going to take insurance, like give people access and hire two other dietitians. And it was going to be like, Hey, we're just going to, you know, hire these people. We're going to see people from insurance. We're not going to ourselves at the end of the year, we're going to pay our taxes and whatever's extra, we're just going to split that two ways and keep going. But then COVID happened and there became this need for people to understand their health, have access to their health, be able to talk to their practitioner over Zoom, like in real time. And we were providing that. And because it was the first time that insurance companies were gonna reimburse telehealth at the same rate as an office visit. We could scale, right like you could see more people. so it was just it was this like really great thing and then investors started calling They're like investor called me and they're like, hey, do you want a partner and I'm like, do you, what <laughs> like are you calling the right person uh, and and so then we ended up raising the seed round, you know under the like the mission and right is to just like give people access, right whatever health and wellness means to you it's such a fragmented and confusing space you know you don't know like should i lose weight should i not lose weight is okay if i want to lose weight do i do i care about my diabetes do i not care about what i eat like there's so many messages so being able to provide clear information to people rooted in data and science like we are all licensed and also it's basic it's free right like
1: insurance pays for it. So,
0: Mm. so all of that is like, we're doing good work where we are really helping people. And that was really the whole point of the whole thing.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's not all that often that you hear someone say like, well, we'll just figure out, like, we'll just split whatever's left. Right. So it's really clear that your purpose was really what was guiding you as you built this from scratch.
0: Yeah. I, I always think I'm gonna say something. I say a lot of controversial things. I say them nicely, sort of, but I think that like nutrition is this like slog of a profession. Like the the space is fragmented, everybody can call themselves a nutritionist, our governing body doesn't protect us, and so everyone is fighting for scraps to try to get noticed. So when people say to you, Oh, it's totally easy, just do whatever you want. Don't worry about it, it's that's also bullshit, right? Like, so I'm always the one that's gonna always tell the truth. The truth is, whatever you're trying to do weight loss, lower your A1C for diabetes, lower your cholesterol, all of those things, healing your relationship with food, that is going to be work. It's going to be hard work. It's not sexy. And you need people behind you to help you get over whatever the hump is. You're not, it's too hard to do it by yourself. You don't know what's right. And also there's so many little nuances with the plan, whatever plan somebody else did, and you're going to do, and you think it's going to like save you. It's not. It's probably not going to work for you. Because that's the truth.
1: I think there's a lot of shame also in admitting maybe that you have veered off of a path that made you feel good or that you are keeping certain things in your cabinets that you, quote unquote, feel like you shouldn't be. And so people don't reach out for help because they feel as though they really are just veered off course completely and have done something completely wrong. But the most beautiful thing that you can do for yourself. And I feel like you'll agree is starting by admitting that, Hey, I do need help and opening yourself up to that experience.
0: I always talk about JLo because she's like my North star, even though like she's not because I don't have JLo means or money, but you know, she's 52 years old and she's beautiful and seemingly like perfect. But I always say like, but she's a Puerto Rican who doesn't eat rice. Like, so how is she happy? I don't know. Right? <laughs> is she happy? I would be I would not be happy. So like, but but you know what I'm saying? Like even she has to struggle to do something, right? Like she's she's conditioned herself. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. This my my body is part of my job, and so and not eating rice is something that I have to do. Like, okay, that that's a that's a sacrifice and a struggle and a compromise. Maybe she wants to eat rice every day. So like we have to start to be like very realistic about what we are capable of doing and like, what is good, en- what is good enough?
1: This concept of everybody struggles is just so important as well, because just like someone may seem as though they're not struggling with something like their body image. I recently put up an Instagram story asking my followers to let me know if they struggle with how they feel while wearing workout clothes. and I had everyone from elite level pro athletes saying 100% yes to women that have messaged me in their past saying that they identify with being uncomfortable in their body and feeling as though they're overweight. So that struggle is not just specific to one body type. And that is something that's so important for us to get to a place where we can be open about that because sitting in your shame by yourself is a lonely experience that you do not need to do, or you do not need to have.
0: Totally. And the thing is, is that when you have those ideas and those tendencies, and then you keep them quiet That but what happens is they actually do come out sideways. So maybe they come out in how you communicate to your kids or to your partner or to your friends. Like, and those are things that you don't realize because you normalize counting the calories, talking about how your thighs rub together, saying that you're fat in passing. Like I I always like to watch my kids because they are they those two like live the dream. They don't give a fuck. They're like Oh yeah. How many carbs, can I have more carbs in my lunch today? Like, awesome. I want a sandwich. I want cookies. I want pretzels. And I'm like, can you please eat a piece of fruit? They're like, fine, I guess so. But like these, like, right. Like I love to see kids just like eating and free and they're okay with their bodies and they like, everybody's body is different and nobody is like commenting on it. Nobody is saying, Oh, you look so nice. Or you look so thin. Like I want that for us, but we're so it's so hard because, you know, as you age, that's just like very hard to, to come back from. Um, but you know, we have to make sure that whatever, whatever our defects are like not to pass them on to these next generations. So I think it's really important the language that you use and, and how you treat yourself and, and others so that we can sort of break these
1: cycles. Definitely. Definitely. So as I said at the top of this, we are really here to talk about this idea that we've started riffing on so far, which is that diets don't work and what to do instead. So why don't we start off by explaining the thought process of why diets don't work? Right. Well, okay. So the thing is, is that every diet will
0: work as long as you do it. It's just like, what is the sustainability of that? And that's the problem, right? Is in the end, it's just going to go back to whatever, whether it's you're taking medication. And I don't, listen, some people need medication and that's fine. But when you're somebody who's like, I'm doing this medication as the diet, as the quick fix, as because I, because I can't have the bandwidth, I just, this is what I'm doing. It never ends well. Or even like one of my friends. I I told him, I was like, I'm going to talk about you on the podcast. He's like, oh my God, it's so annoying. One of my friends at 48 years old got COVID and his body was primed for autoimmune. So he got type one diabetes and he is 48 years old and he's single and he lives alone. And so he doesn't like to take insulin at night and very nervous that maybe he's going to go low and there'll be nobody around to help him out. So he does not eat a lot of carbs at all. And his blood sugar is really well controlled, but he's doing a keto diet. Well, guess what? that keto diet messed with his kidney function, put him into chronic kidney disease, stage three, we only can go to five and you need dialysis. It's got a ton of stones built up in the kidneys. It's totally reversible, but it's like, these are the little nuances that you like, everyone's like, oh, you just do this and it's going to work. Like, is it going to work? Is it sustainable? What is it doing to other parts of your body? Like, Why are we always looking for something to be fast and quick? Like, we need to go back to, it's going to be hard work. It's not going to be glamorous. And just because J-Lo looks a certain way, right? Or, you know, like I look a certain way doesn't mean that you need to look a certain way. And just because you eat things, doesn't mean I want to eat things. Like, it's okay for all of us to be different. So I I just think that we're on this mission, this crusade to like look perfect. We don't want to admit the truth. Like people care what they look like people care what they look like. That's
1: okay. You can care what you look like. (laughs) It's fine. You also do have to be realistic while taking into account your family history and meet yourself with where you're at. So feeling good about yourself needs to be truly a feeling. And if that feeling is associated with perhaps what you see on social media in a way that isn't realistic or safe for your body, then the best thing that you can do is consult with someone IRL. So you can set a realistic expectation and vocalize where you're at and the, you know, the mental things that go hand in hand with the shifting of what you might be putting into your body or however you're proceeding forward.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I just think for the longest time, there was the message of like restriction and elitism and thinness is the only way to be. And then like all of those people realize that they have like disordered eating. And so now it's like through their lens of like, Hey, that, that was disordered. So now everything is disordered. And it's like, okay, that is not freaking true. (laughs) There is a middle here guys, (laughs) like everybody stop. like obesity is a chronic disease people's body types are based on their genetics. It is very multifactorial. There are so many genes that people have been studying for 30 and 40 years trying to really understand the complexities around this. So like to dismiss it is very careless. And so I think that we have to just go back to talking to people about like science and data and like what's real. And so what is real is that if everybody in your family has larger bodies and you have never been 120 pounds in your whole adult life, then you're, you're, you're not going to be. That's okay. So like, why don't we change our behaviors on how we're doing things? So not so much of this push and pull of like restriction and then allowance and like back and forth, trying to come at this like holistically and just doing things that are better for your body overall. Like, let's drink some water guys let's eat some vegetables no one said you can't eat the doritos not everything is a problem like just because we don't want to eat something because we know that that's not what's good for our body at this time like that's all okay we just need to go back to like being sensible. I don't think that people have sense anymore. It's like a chronic problem in society.
1: (laughs) Senseless people, chronic problem. I think the Doritos is a good example though, and we'll shift our, our conversation a little bit because so often we demonize certain foods. And I actually really appreciate your approach because you're not only saying don't demonize it, but you're also adding in like, don't demonize it, but it's also okay to not let yourself eat that all of the time. I feel like people are kind of polarized in that way of thinking pretty often. It's like, don't make any food quote unquote bad and don't quote unquote feel bad about eating it when you want it. But if you're being realistic, realistic about what you want, then it's probably not ideal to like have a portion of French fries every day.
0: Right, like, are you? And if that's something that you say, oh, it's a non-negotiable. I have to have French fries every day. You're like, okay. So how am I going to fit this in? My goal is to maintain my weight within ten pounds. Okay, great. And every single day I have to eat French fries. Okay, great. Well, then we're going to have to figure that out. (laughs) Like, it's it's not like you know you you probably okay you can have that, but it's probably going to be hard to be in line with your goal. So either you're going to shift your goal or you're going to make a concession. Okay, I don't need to eat the French fries every single day. I'm going to eat them every other day. Okay, fine. So, so no one's telling you you can't do it, but you just have to be realistic about what the outcome is going to be so that you're not banging your head
1: against the wall. Right, right. Right. And so for the person who's hearing this, that's thinking like, oh, I can maybe get closer to my goals while eating French fries every other day. And you say accommodating for it or being mindful of how that would integrate into your overall eating style. Can we talk about maybe what you would say to someone who comes to you thinking that way? Yeah. like So
0: when someone comes in and they're like, I have to have wine every day. Okay. Fine whatever, no problem. And it's not negotiable. Like, okay, great. That's okay. But then they're like, but I really want to lose weight and I haven't been able to lose weight. And you're like, okay, fine. So the wine is every day. Let's try to see other places where we can do better with how we're eating. So maybe it's like, cause you know, everybody's diet could be improved. Like maybe you could add more vegetables maybe you could drink more water right like maybe maybe you go long periods of time without eating so like those are the things that i would tackle first like i'm going to do all of these things first to to help so that we know we're doing everything we can without anybody losing their mind and not you not giving up the one non-negotiable so we we did everything that we could like you're you're eating like so so many vegetables and you're so happy and you're trying new things and fruits and all this stuff and nothing is happening okay can we try wine every other day? Can we try instead of two glasses of wine a night, one glass of wine a night? Like you're not going to get out of here doing whatever you want. But you came to me saying that you want to lose weight. We've done all of these other things that were low hanging fruit, nothing changed. If you want to see if we're going to move the needle, then we're the alcohol is the next thing that we're going to take out. So that's usually right, how right. I approach it to people, with people like you're non-negotiable might be the barrier. So let's make some changes here. And then maybe the person's like, okay, I'll do every other day. So then they drink every other day and they lose four pounds. And they're like, hey, you know what? I'm okay with every other day and the four pound weight loss. I feel really good. And I changed my habits.
1: I'm good here. And I'm like, me too. Great. See ya. Right, right. So just making small changes to get toward where you want to be while also integrating things that feel important to you. Of course, I also think going back to what you were saying earlier about restriction being something that's not long-term, for those that go on a quote-unquote diet and they lose whatever amount of weight that they want to lose, what can be the potential dangers of ending that diet? Well, first of all,
0: anxiety, right? Like you're, Because you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to eating however I was eating before. Right, because in my mind, like I did this diet for a finite amount of time. I got to my goal, I achieved the goal. So I'm just gonna be like balls to the walls. Like, hey, I'm just gonna do whatever I want. So then the weight starts to creep back up. And so then you feel like stressed out. So you either start to have like patterns that are very disordered, right? To get back down to where you were, because you're like, oh, I can't go back, or you go the entire other way and you're just like, Well, fuck this, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And then maybe end up gaining more weight than you had before, because like there's just so much mental gymnastics around that. And every time someone comes into my office looking for weight loss, nine times out of ten they don't eat enough food, because they've been in this cycle of restricting and then binging and all so. So I'm like, okay, guys, let's go back to eating varied, and let and then let's see where we end up, because. Because what you're doing isn't working and it's making you like, all you do is think about what you're eating. Everything is around the food that you're putting in your mouth. Where really what should happen is you should just get cues from your body that like, oh, I'm hungry now. And then you should like go and and get the food. Not like, what am I going to eat? How am I going to eat it? Where am I going to eat it? Where's the food? Who's watching me? Like, this is not a way to live.
1: Right. Going back to our words, like good and bad foods, it's really hard to break the, you know, the thought process that goes into that. Do you have any advice or takeaways on how to shift the dialogue so we're not completely demonizing entire food groups, things, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, like, first and foremost,
0: like, we have to acknowledge that how we were raised around food, like, I don't know, I'm 43. So, like, anything, you know, (laughs) back is your parents were well intended, but, and, and everybody was seemingly well intended, but there was always a shame around if somebody was overweight, if they were eating cookies, like someone's policing what you're eating. Don't eat that. Don't drink this, this, you know, because nobody wants to be quote unquote fat. Like that, that that's just like the messaging that was out there. But now there is a shift, right? Like people are more mindful of the way that they talk about food. And you know, like when I talk about food with my kids, I'm not like, Oh, this is a good food. This is a bad food. I'll be like, okay, that this is fine, but can somebody add some protein? I don't care what the protein looks like because I'm just tired of everyone asking me for food all the time. I'm always at the grocery store spending money on groceries because you people are just constantly eating. Or if you just added some protein into this, you, we would be full for longer. So they get that, right? They're like, oh, okay. Like I'm gonna have an egg. I'm gonna have a chicken here and like whatever else. So I think that when you start to understand how food affects your body and get educated on that, that can give you a little bit of freedom. Also, if you try like, okay, you're restricting and then you're binging and you see the scale up and down, up and down, up and down. And then you say to yourself, you know what? This week, I'm just going to eat my meals and I'm not going to have any charge around the meal that I'm eating. I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to eat what I want, when I want, and stop when I want. Eventually, then you start to see, you're like, oh, like, oh, I'm not overeating. Oh, my! the scale hasn't gone up. Oh, so like that that was an exercise and and I was okay. So now I can try the next thing, right? You have to be willing. And sometimes that's very hard. So maybe you need therapy. Maybe you need a dietitian, Maybe you need a combination. But you might just need to lean on people to help you navigate through that. Especially if the noise around how you talk about food to yourself is always loud and always not nice, you probably need some extra help.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's that common saying, talk to yourself like you would a loved one. I've certainly gone through phases, as I'm sure many people listening to this right now, and maybe even you yourself, when it comes to food and talking about food, where I'm like, just so heavily criticizing my decisions, my food choices. And I don't think that anyone is independent of that. I feel like it's something that we all go through, right? Yeah, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have had that. But like,
0: I mean, why? Like no big deal. Who cares that you had the McDonald's cheeseburger? It was a cheeseburger. It's one meal, just like acknowledge it and move on. Like when people come to me and they're like, Oh, I was really bad this weekend. My friends came into town on Friday and we went out to dinner and I had wine and I had dessert and you know, it was, it was a whole thing. And I'm like, okay, but did you enjoy the time with your friends? Or were you sitting around thinking about how you were bad eating this food because if you're engaged with your friends and your family and you're having a good time I don't really want you thinking about the food you should or shouldn't be eating like then you're wasting a moment and right. people that resonates with people when you say that like so so then that helps you make choices like you know around the holidays everyone's like what should I do around the holidays like oh my gosh there's all these parties all the time and I end up gaining weight and I'm like well do you need to go out on Tuesday night with your coworkers and drink a bottle of tequila, like, you don't like you could say no to the parties. It's not like your best friend that you haven't seen in five years came into town. That of course, I want to enjoy that, that time with that person, like no problem. But if every single night there's a client dinner, there's a work dinner, there's those things get old. And so fine, maybe you have to show your face, but you don't have to like deeply participate in every single thing. Those are ways
1: for you to make concessions without it being like such a heavy lift or be honest with yourself that you want to be involved in these things, but being involved doesn't mean that you also need to drink the bottle of tequila. You know, finding swaps that may make you feel better in your body in the long term, instead of like some sort of instant gratification moment is going to be something that pays off in the long term. But again, that can be super hard when you're in the moment and everyone around you is on like their unfortunate 12th shot of yeah,
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like, it's funny in
0: my in my apartment building i we only have like 11 units and we're all like original owners and so we're all like friends and we'll go out to dinner and we always go out to dinner like on a tuesday it's always a tuesday and so you're out to dinner and they'll be like drinking or whatever and they're like you're not gonna have a drink and i'm like guys it's tuesday I just, I just want to go home and go to sleep. Also, you're making me eat dinner at seven 30 at night.
1: This is like recipe for heartburn and disaster. So no thanks. You. <laughs> you're <laughs> speaking like, my language. I'm a yeah. like in bed at nine o'clock person. So dinner yes. at seven 30 is pushing it for me too.
0: Totally. And so, and, and it's so funny because I, you know, they're like, okay. And the last time I went out to dinner with them, one of them was like, I always have so much fun with you and you're always sober and I'm always drunk and you make me laugh
1: so much. And I'm like, Yeah. But it's Tuesday, <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> Funny how this happens for us. And that's the last thing that I think we should talk about here. And that is establishing personal boundaries and getting honest with yourself. Because I do feel as though a lot of the choices that we make around food, whether it is things that we're going to split at the table or maybe having that other drink, really those choices are you trying to make someone else happy or to try to avoid a situation where you have to explain yourself or move from a place of like being on the defensive. So for someone who hears that and they're like, yes, actually hearing you say that makes me realize that a lot of the times I'm making choices around my food. I am doing so kind of to please other people, to be a people pleaser. What do you say to them? How do they get more comfortable owning their decision? So that again, in the long term they feel more happy, content, comfortable with where they move from, from there.
0: Totally. I mean, there is so much power in no, like, What is going to happen if you say no? Like, sorry, no, or not even sorry. My cousin's always like, don't say sorry. That means it's like a problem. It's not a problem. That's your choice. So just say, no, I no, I'm not doing that. No, no, I don't like to drink. I don't like it. It disrupts my sleep. It gives me anxiety. It makes me depressed in the morning. I don't like drinking. I don't ask you why you are drinking. So leave me alone. I don't ask you why you don't want to have that piece of cake. Like, Of course, I'll offer somebody something like, oh, are you going to have some, you're going to have dessert? No, I'm okay. Okay, fine. Like, move on. Like, everybody has a choice and everybody doesn't have to conform to what you want. So also like you as the, you know, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you eating dessert? Why aren't you? That's also not okay, right? Like, everybody needs to have their boundaries. Everybody needs to respect other people. Don't do anything that you are going to resent yourself or someone else for later.
1: So like just do only what makes you happy. Do only what makes you happy. I mean yes, that no, no one cares pray about you your happiness
0: that. but you. Only you oh. care about your happiness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that this was super interesting and I really appreciate this whole sentiment. I think it's something that since when I was younger, I, losing weight. I, I have now kept off a weight loss for a very long time over 10 years. And doing that for me is a big part of this diets aren't for me thing, figuring out how to live my lifestyle in a way that feels comfortable and functional for me embracing my no, and so many of the things that we talked about today. So super grateful for your input here today, Vanessa, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you for more hot takes? Give us your info.
0: Yeah, you can follow me at Vanessa Rosetto RD or Colina Health,
1: and you can book appointments with us at kalinahealth.com. Beautiful. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.